Are you struggling with all of the messages about Mother's Day and how wonderful it will be to honor mothers, but you're not even sure what motherhood means after you've lost your baby? There's no harder holiday to cope with for moms of stillborn babies than on Mother's Day. That's why I'm hosting a free support session called Coffee and Comfort on Sunday, May 12th at 11 o'clock Eastern. We'll get together for an hour before the day gets started and talk about the guilt and what-ifs that so often come after this type of loss. And I'll help you create a plan for the day that honors both you and your baby. The best part is we'll gather together with other lost moms who really get exactly how you're feeling so you won't feel alone. Together, we'll navigate Mother's Day and learn how to get through this tough holiday with ease. Save your seat at jennifersend.com slash coffee or click the link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Really amazing today, a framework that I've created that will help you think about them a little bit differently, process them quicker and move through them in a healthy way because it's a skill that you will need to know the whole rest of your life. I'm Jennifer Sen, a certified life coach, married mama of two sons, twin angel babies, and a rainbow baby, and this is the Navigating Baby Loss Podcast. I'm on a mission to help stop the isolation, shame, and lack of self-confidence that often comes with stillbirth loss, and to show you that you still deserve to live the life you've dreamed of. Pull up a cozy seat, pour a cup of coffee, and prepare to hang out with a caring friend who's been through it and can show you the way. Hello there, and welcome back to Navigating Baby Loss. This is episode number 13. Today, we're talking all about triggers, specifically how to handle triggers when they come up. And they will come up. They're everywhere, really throughout the whole rest of your life. And while they do become less intense over time, they're always there. So I'm going to teach you something really amazing today, a framework that I've created that will help you think about them a little bit differently, process them quicker and move through them in a healthy way, because it's a skill that you will need to know the whole rest of your life. And it really comes in handy for a lot of areas in your life. What is a trigger exactly? A trigger is anything that sparks intense negative emotions. Some common ones for baby loss parents are seeing a baby the same age as the baby you lost. Maybe you and a friend or a relative were pregnant at the same time. It's definitely going to trigger you to see that baby as they're born and go through life. There's going to be a lot of triggers in that. When someone close to you announces their pregnancy, or maybe not even close to you. Sometimes it even happens when celebrities do it. Anyone announces their pregnancy, it instantly triggers you as to those feelings of what you've lost. Seeing a pregnant woman, isn't it amazing how they're everywhere? Where were all these people before? But the minute you have your loss, it becomes very, very noticeable and triggering. When someone says something insensitive to you, ugh, happens every time. You know those people, you know the things they say. They think that they're being helpful, giving you this great advice so that you can just move on. But what it does is it triggers a response in you 
and it can be very damaging. Some thoughts about what you're missing. I think this is definitely the long-term one that you're going to think about it when it's going to come up for you when it's time for them to go to kindergarten or when it's time for them to graduate from high school. And you're going to just think about all of the milestones and events that you are missing out on with that baby. If you are recalling your experience, every now and then a time will come up when you go right back to that time when you were told the news that your baby isn't coming home with you and you relive that experience, which can be very triggering. Your partner's grief. We all know that our partners typically grieve way differently than we do. So there's times when they say or do things that may trigger your own grief. Fear of the future, whether you're thinking of becoming pregnant again or just living your future in general, there can be some fears that come with that and that can be very triggering. Any one of these things and more can happen at any time. You can go from feeling pretty neutral to deep in the depths of grief in a matter of minutes. So how do you stop it from happening? The first thing is to identify what the triggers are that are most bothersome to you. It's different for everyone because some people can let things just roll off and some people really take things to heart. So the ones that really trigger you, write them down. Get really specific about exactly how they make you feel. So for each trigger, attach a feeling to it, such as when I see a pregnant woman, I feel blank. Is it hopeless? Is it sad? Is it angry? Whatever that feeling is for you, write it down. And the more you do this and the more you take notice of the things that trigger you, you'll start to get really in tune with what the triggers actually are and how they make you feel. Take note of your physiology. When you get triggered, where do you feel it in your body? Mine always feels like my heart dropped into the pit of my stomach, just drops. Some women say that they feel like the heat rises up from their necks to their faces. Some women report a stabbing in their heart feeling or like a back or neck pain. Again, these sensations are all really unique and vary from person to person. But just take note of it. Write them down. Get in touch with where in your body you feel it. Our bodies give us clues even before the mind knows what's happening. And the trick to intercepting negativity and rewriting your brain and healing is to know what's right for you. It's something we were never taught. We were taught how to look good for everyone else's sake, but not really to get in tune with what was true in our own bodies for ourselves. I created this HEAL method. It's H-E-A-L that I will walk you through. It's a framework that I've developed over the years, and it's one that I dive deep into with my clients because it helps teach them how to take any problem any feeling, any situation that comes up 
and just pick it apart a little bit in order to deal with it easier and pass through it quicker, pass through those negative feelings really much quicker and much healthier. So I'm. if you have a piece of paper, you might want to get it out and take some notes. If not, don't worry about it. I'll have everything in the show notes at the end. So the first in the HEAL method is H, which stands for hurt. The most important part is to let the hurt be there. Yeah, it's awfully uncomfortable. But we are taught to stuff down uncomfortable thoughts and cover them up with anything we can find to keep them tucked away because it doesn't feel good. Remember when you were a child and you were told to stop crying? No one wants to see anyone unhappy, but it's not healthy to do that because it affects our ability to process through the emotions. So let the tears flow. Scream, kick, punch, lay on the floor, ugly cry, whatever it is that you need to do to get it out. Feel every bit of it. You know how if you pull up weeds from your garden, but you don't get the whole root out of the ground, it will sprout up again in a few weeks. It's the same thing with grief. If you leave those roots unprocessed and unfelt, I don't even know if that's a word, but it'll keep festering and reappearing All the while, its roots keep digging deeper and deeper. The E is for empower. I know this is a strange word to use when you're dealing with grief, but it's the best step right after the hurting step that builds confidence as you begin to pick yourself back up. This is when you tell yourself things like, I am wiser and stronger than I ever knew I could be. You could substitute for or wanted to be if you want. Or this experience has forever changed me, but I'm determined to not let my baby's life be in vain. I will find a way to use this experience for good. It may take a few tries for you to get yourself on this track of thinking, especially if you're tired from grief. But with practice, it will get better and better, and you'll surprise yourself with the badass thoughts you can come up with. Again, Jot these down, write write down these thoughts, write them down for your arsenal to pull out and use them when you need them. Make these statements powerful and even a little out of your comfort zone if you need to. But this is where you are showing up for your baby as the resilient mother they know you to be. The A is for accept. This is reality. Accept that you can't change the past. Accept that you are forever a different person. Accept the responsibility to choose to keep moving forward and healing in your own way or to stay stuck and miserable. Accept that your lifelong quest is to find all the ways your baby has brought meaning to your life and look for evidence they leave everywhere that lets you know they are with you. Accept that you will be a kinder, more compassionate soul to those who face this type of grief after you. And accept that you will have an acute awareness of how precious life is from here on out. No one ever chooses to be here, and no one ever will. But it is here in this acceptance phase that you decide how you want to use this experience. 
And the L is for live, breathe, live life, laugh, reconnect with anyone who you want to be a part of your new life. You've experienced a huge reset since the day your baby was stillborn and your baby would want you to go on and be happy. Think about how you will honor them. This is the stage where piece by piece you get to sort out all the things you want to keep from your old life and incorporate them into this new normal where you have a keen sense of what you value in life and how you want it to be. With some practice, you can really take down the temperature of any trigger that comes up throughout the years. Yes, I said years. The wound that was created the moment you heard the four most awful words ever spoken will be there and accessible at the strangest events and times throughout your life. But knowing how to take the power away from the trigger is what healing is all about. So again, just to go back through, just identify your trigger. The key is to identify what exactly is your triggering? What is the feeling that's attached to it? And how does it make you feel in your body? And then process it through the hurt, the empowering, the accepting, and choose to live. And that is where the healing can really start to begin. I hope that this was helpful and I hope that you will write down some of these things that are triggering you and start working through them. Let me know how this process works for you and what kind of results that you are getting from it because it can be used in so many different areas of your life. I just want you to know that you can do this and you you deserve to live this life. You deserve to to live and you deserve to honor your baby. And I'm right here cheering you on all the way. I'll see you next time. I sincerely hope this episode was helpful. And if you would like to help other parents who are suffering their own stillborn loss, a great way to do that is to hit subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review because that is the quickest way that this podcast will show up for them to find it. They and I would be so very grateful for a minute of your time. New episodes are released every week on Thursdays, and you can access all the show notes, links to this episode, and info on how to contact me on my website at jennifersen.com slash podcast. While you're there, grab some free, helpful resources. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love and healing.